0: Uh, all right.
1: So, what is it? You what, tell me what's going on. I'm. I have to. I'm. I can't even talk.
0: <laughs> oh, are you already recording? You did you did you record what I said before? No. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I wish I would have because I could have blackmailed you. <laughs> it could be blackmail material. <laughs> but no, sadly no. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Todd Conklin, Pre Accident Investigation Podcast. Wow. What a difference. Things change so fast. What a difference a week has made. What a difference two weeks have made. Uh, and, and I can't even imagine what next week's going to be like. Um, this is a good podcast. You're going to like this a lot. Martha Costa and I sat down, albeit not in the same room. She was on my front porch. I was inside my house, and discussed really the organizational response to 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 VUCA. And if you don't know what VUCA is, you're about to learn what VUCA is. So I'm not going to tell you what VUCA is. That's coming up. But it's um it's a remarkable time, and it just it, it almost defies description. I'm noticing everyone says you know it's uh it's really an interesting time. It's really a remarkable time, and, and it is. It's just. It's interesting. It's remarkable. It's frightening. It's scary. It's uh, it's freaky. I'm worried about everybody I know, everybody I love, everybody I care about. I'm worried about waiters and busboys and uh, uh, people who clean hotel rooms. I'm worried about people who have insurance, people who don't have insurance. I'm worried about old people. I'm worried about young people. God, this is depressing as hell. If I keep going this way, it's just but but it's it's. It's remarkable to me it's remarkable it's just to see to see a sudden event like a pandemic albeit a giant event but a sudden event just completely upset the stability of a system at every level um, is remarkable and the the virus and the health concerns for the globe are significant the economic repercussions, I'm afraid we'll be long lasting and we're all in it. I mean, it, it's, it's, if you're listening to the little daily podcast, one of them, I said, this is not a drill. I didn't mean that as a joke at all. I mean, this is not a, we're, we're in it. And to a great extent, all we have, I guess are each other. So hold on to people you love, talk to people, call and check on people, text people. Um, this idea of social distancing it, it, it's not social isolation, but it does it does mean we need to check on each other. We need to check on our neighbors. We need to check on our friends. We definitely want to check on the people who work with us and for us, the people whom we work for. I, I just worry in all of this drama and all of this fear that um, the tendency to oversimplify the problem, to pick an enemy and to blame people, We'll, which is natural. I mean, we know that's natural. We'll get in the way of our ability to actually um, get through this and then restore. Because it's really going to be about restoration. And the question that I want to sort of keep in your mind are, who's been hurt? What do they need? Who's going to get it for them? That makes a huge difference. But what a difference a week makes. Like, I I honestly, I don't know what will be different by the time this podcast goes up and you guys hear it than what's happening now. In fact, I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, Maybe people aren't even listening to podcasts, but if they are, I'll just keep kind of plugging stuff out and see what happens and see where that goes. This podcast is a good one. I think you'll like this one a lot. It's Martha's a remarkably smart person and her tactics around VUCA and around how to manage this are going to surprise you. Um, But it's a good kind of surprise. You're going to really be challenged a bit, but I think the way she challenges you is is worth thinking about. And that's a part of it. I'll talk more at the end of the podcast. But for now, I, I guess for now what I'd say is, It's so important that we understand that during times of high variability, uncertainty, that we reach for certain things and that we can't oversimplify the problem and we can't lose fact of how important it is to be kind and to extend that kindness out. Um, Meeting pain with pain does not make the world a better place. So we want to ask those questions: who's been hurt? What do they need, and who's going to get it to them? That's going to be a really important part of how we move forward. But for now, we're deep in it. so we're improvising, we're adapting, we're learning how to work at home, we're learning how to think about things. This podcast is going to be important for you. so So listen carefully. I, I won't talk much more. I'll just invite you into a conversation that Martha and I had yesterday. I in the house. And Martha, via the power of an extension cord, sitting outside on the porch, talking about the coronavirus, reliability, safety, and our futures, all of our futures. Let's listen.
0: Well, I, I mean, what's going on? We're, we're, we, uh, what's happening right now, Todd? I am sitting outside of your house. With a microphone set up. I know this is probably kind of because, funny. Because. <laughs> what were you going to say?
1: I think it's probably kind of funny if people walk by.
0: Uh, yeah, well, there, there have been a couple of people who walk by who aren't quite sure what I'm doing actually, <laughs> <with> talking <laughs> into a microphone. But we're neighbors, and I'm only a two minute walk away from you. And both of us have traveled, so we're both in self quarantine.
1: That's right, Cootieville. And, uh, Cootie protection program. But.
0: This these are these are extraordinary times, I agree. and I think this is we really need to talk about how to deal with these extraordinary times.
1: And I want to. I'm I'm really curious what you're thinking.
0: Well, I, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is a VUCA environment, right? So, the U.S. Army War College in the '90s came up with the term VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, to describe how the world had become after the fall of the Soviet Union. And it's just becoming increasingly more relevant to business, that we're living in a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous environment. So uh, so how, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with all of the uncertainties, all of the ambiguity, all of the volatility. We talk about complexity a lot. That's there, but the volatility, uncertainty, and ambiguity seems to have ramped up quite a bit in the last few weeks. A lot
1: more, and and I just want to add, Martha, it's so much more fun to talk about this in the in the in the macro. You know, when we're talking theory, uh-huh. it's way different when we're talking reality.
0: Right, right. And the reality is that we don't have. Enough experience with what's happening to us right now to be able to get the information the data that we need to make good decisions and so we are in a really difficult spot because we are needing to make very quick decisions but we don't have the data so what do people do you know right now what do leaders do right now what do people do right now
1: uh, the, I, I suppose they react emotionally.
0: <laughs> well, of course, there's the emotional part. And and here's the funny thing is that what we should be doing is probably the last thing we want to do emotionally. What we should be doing is we should be finding ways to essentially disrupt ourselves. So emotionally, we want to eat comfort, comfort food. Comfort, comfort, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, st- I stocked up my house, right? I've got lots of really healthy, fresh food in my fridge but i do have quite a store of peanut butter and chocolate as yeah, well yeah I, you know this is day two of my self-quarantine and um and i've already made a significant dent in that peanut butter and chocolate
1: oh no <laughs>
0: right that's the normal emotional response yeah of course um but what we really need to do is we need to do some things that are actually kind of emotionally challenging and socially challenging for us to be able to make good decisions. And the first one is that we need to experiment. So, Todd, I know that you talk to a lot of different people, a lot of clients, a lot of leaders, a lot of safety folk. How much do they enjoy experimenting?
1: That's a really good question. I think they enjoy talking about experimenting, uh-huh. but but the, the ability to prototype or micro-experiment People have really lost that, and I think they've lost it because the the lure of the grand solution mm-hmm. gets in the way of the small micro experimentation, yeah. But I think it's a group that wants to experiment a lot so it's a good group to talk to
0: yeah so I mean micro experimentation is where why this is important so if you have if you don't have information you have to make information and you make information through experimentation and micro experimentation is how you gather you, you gather pieces of, of data that you can then that you can then make decisions from so really this micro experimentation is as simple as I'm going to set a hypothesis My hypothesis is that um, if everybody works from home, then this is what's going to happen, right? And then you have people, a few people initially, perhaps, work from home. And you look for whether or not what you're predicting is going to happen. You gather information about what actually happens happens in that scenario and then you have additional information on which to make your decision about how you're going to have people work from home later, what you're going to do to modify your operations to be able to deal with this extraordinary situation. But it's really just a matter of seeing what your assumptions are, turning that assumption into a hypothesis and testing it in a small way. It doesn't have to be this grand design.
1: So working from home is a really great example. So how should people experiment around this notion? Because one of the challenges is is it's really hard. I mean, people are having to relearn how to do work they do all the time.
0: Right. I. So we have a little bit of traffic here, Todd. Oh, sorry. <laughs> as I am sitting outside and containing oh, our – uh, Can you say that last bit
1: again? Yeah. So working from home is a great example because they, they're having to relearn how to do work they do all the time.
0: Yeah. And so
1: I get this idea of experimentation. That's a great idea, actually.
0: And relearning, I think, is really important because we don't even know... Um, we're so used to doing things in a certain way, we don't even know what our our assumptions are many times into what we're doing. We we tend to, I ask leaders all the time, you know, raise your hand if you consider yourself a problem solver. And everybody raises their hand. And what we tend to do is we tend to, imme- what we are isn't so much good problem solvers, We what we tend to be is good solution finders. So, We use what has worked before in the past, and then we apply it to the current situation to find the ready solution, and then we act quickly on that solution, especially in situations like this, where we feel like we have to act very quickly. Um, And, of course, we do have to act quickly. But we do have time to do some of that questioning of our assumptions, because we have we want to act quickly but we don't want to act quickly with the wrong solution because right. that of course is going to have consequences that's going to set us back or or have you know poor poor outcomes so um so w- One of the things when we're used to doing things a certain way is we can stop and look at all of our assumptions, let's say, around how we work from home or what our work is or what's really most important about work, and we can actually write all of those things out, lay out all of those assumptions, and then we can question them. We can look at them in, okay, does this assumption apply in this different context, does this assumption apply in this particular period where perhaps the the work outcomes that we need are different they we have new priorities or um or we're working towards um we're working towards a short-term end right so all if we're able to question those assumptions and apply some critical thinking, then we can probably come up with some solutions that are much more creative and much more effective to deal with the VUCA situation at hand.
1: But it's, it's interesting to me because you're asking for disruptive thinking in midst of disruption. Yeah. So you're meeting disruption with disruption. Yes,
0: absolutely. So, uh, Whitney Johnson, who, um, who is? She wrote the book "Disrupt Yourself," and she wrote it sort of around careers. But she she's a Harvard author, and um, she also worked with Clayton Christensen on innovation at Harvard, and and she's applying the whole idea of the S curve, um, S curve learning to uh, to your career to things. But you can apply it to lots of different to lots of different areas. Many of us experts, we're at the end of our S-curve. And what happens when we get to the S-curve, when we've hit expertise, is we start to get to diminishing returns anyway, right? Yeah. We start to plateau. So disrupting ourselves is how we actually get to a point where we learn. We're finding a new S-curve. And by the way, the current VUCA environment is actually driving us, forcing us to disrupt our thinking and to find our new S-curve.
1: But what I'm hearing you say is the worst possible outcome we could have is to fight hard for stability for the old way yes what we should do is sort of embrace the disruption
0: we need to embrace the disruption and find ways to continue to disrupt our own thinking to um, to question our assumptions to to really fight when we get together um, in in the meetings that we're having right now where we're pulling together these emergency meetings to figure out how to deal with this emergent issue that's come up as a result of Um, you know, having to take measures to deal with containment of the virus or having to take measures because of disruption in our supply lines or all of the other aspects that um, are coming up right now. we do not want to get into those meetings and get into groupthink we do not want to get into those meetings and go straight into solution finding we are we we do not want to rely entirely on expertise and we don't want to rely on our past knowledge we have to recognize that we have to come up with new creative solutions so what really helps us come up with creative solutions is one Um, producing a lot of different options so don't go straight to the solution to finish the meeting and then to break the huddle and then run off try and come up with as many alternative solutions as possible another thing that we should be disrupting is our problem statement we might have an initial problem statement as to this is what we need to do, but what we should be doing instead is we can write down our problem statement, and we then we should come up with alternative problem statements. Apply some critical thinking. How would this pro- what would this problem statement be like in a different environment? What would this problem statement be like if our assumptions weren't what, we, what they are? Right. So multiple problem statements also helps us get to a much richer understanding of the issue so that we can come up with a much more robust solution. Another thing that's really important is is diversity. Right. Do not just bring the experts into the huddle. Do not just bring the most senior people into the huddle. People that are naive to the situation, who have an outside perspective, um, who are, you know, who are novices, they actually are very good at coming up with alternative problem statements and alternative potential solutions. Um, so, and, and and you know, and studies have actually shown that. When you bring in, essentially, somebody from the outside into a problem-solving situation, people might feel less confident about the solution that they come up with, but their solution is is always much more robust and much more effective and much more correct.
1: Ooh, that's nice. That's, yeah. That's really nice. And I think that that, that does a lot of things for us. It, it brings in expertise at all levels of the organization. Yeah. And that diversity Yeah, that's actually a, I'm, I'm glad you said that Because I think You lose diversity In the middle of VUCA Yeah Or, or, or you push diversity You see diversity as bad In right. the middle of VUCA Oh, I see what well, you're Well, because we can't
0: We can't really tolerate That much more uncertainty And that much right. more ambiguity Right Emotionally Right and, and then And then why create more By bringing in people That we don't know
1: Right, no, that's brilliant That's brilliant Wow What else? What else? Is that it? I mean, are those the two? That, well, I mean, if we talk about nothing else, we paid I, for ourselves. The elephant in
0: the room is the emotional side of this, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and you know, we've talked about how emotionally this is really difficult, and so one of the things that we need to really pay attention to in our organizations and as leaders is to the emotional side of this.
1: Well, let me let me let me tell you what I'm thinking. Yeah. In the midst of this VUCA, this term you just taught me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: emotionally, what I want to do is simplify, clarify, become authoritative, become nationalistic, yeah. become inward focused, not outward focused. It's almost—I'm giving you the payoff that you brought in to talk about. Yeah. I am—I'm everything you said I would be. <laughs> I mean, but it's true, right? I mean, right? I want to simplify, clarify, and 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 point inward. Uh, Gird, exactly. gird my loins, exactly. manage my borders, exactly. Close the doors, exactly. And what you're saying is that what we we don't want to simplify. That's ridiculous. No, we want to micro-experiment, and we ha- yeah. we can only do that by opening the borders by not being non-authoritarian, non-nationalistic, non-egocentric. We have to look sort of beyond us. That's remarkable.
0: Exactly. So we have to go against those tendencies. And then of course we also have to manage the emotions. But we have to remember that emotions aren't a problem to solve. So it's a very different process to ultimately manage the emotions that are there. Yeah. And and how we manage emotions is we work through emotions. And again, it goes against what we want. We don't want we don't want the freak out, you know, we don't want people um, you know we, we tend to suppress emotions as a way of managing emotions, and that exactly that is exactly what we shouldn 't be doing I mean One of the things that we should be doing is we should be encouraging people. Even to write about their emotions, journal about what they're going through and all of the fears that they have and um, all of the complexities between not only what they need to deal with at work, but also what they need to deal with at home, their concerns about their children, their concerns about their parents, all of that sort of stuff. We just need to work through them, and, and really talking about them is the way that we work through them, or writing them down is the way that we work through them. Journaling is just an incredibly powerful tool that's used by cognitive behavioral psychologists and others to help people actually work through their emotions. Um, another important thing, you know, and this is something that we know from studies in emotional intelligence, is that um, teams perform better when the leader has high emotional intelligence. It it doesn't matter so much how emotionally intelligent the team is. What really matters the most is how emotionally intelligent the leader is. So mm-hmm. as a leader, we should be remembering to practice empathy. We need to remember to... Practice vulnerability Mm -hmm. and to talk about you know these are the things this is how I'm feeling maybe not you know get away from sometimes we talk about how we're feeling by talking about the things that we are worried about and those get thrown out people interpret those as problem statements like oh this is something I need to solve if you just talk about The feelings, without necessarily talking about why, you 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 know that it's just a feeling, and a feeling is just there to witness. So you know you can say, "I'm worried," "I'm anxious," Uh, "I'm tired." You don't have to necessarily justify that by saying because this is happening Mm. right because this this and 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 the rest we have a tendency to work through things by creating a narrative around them but that um but that can be problematic when we're in problem solving mode
1: so that's the podcast i can't thank martha enough uh for calling me and saying i got a podcast i want to do it i think it really meant a lot to me that she came over and did it. I think it's a great podcast. It's, it's, it, it made me think, and it made me think a lot about how we do tend to sort of want to recoil in and, and protect ourselves. And in fact, what we want to do is probably disrupt and move forward. That the answer is not to get, the answer is not to get less learning. The answer is to get more learning. If I can make up, Uh, high-level technical terms like learning, which, you know, I'll do, given the opportunity to do that. It's also, I think, super important to keep a sense of humor. I think that makes a difference as well. So I think it's, it's worth our while just to listen to a happy voice like Martha and to laugh about being on the porch and, you know, potential blackmail information that I didn't get taped. But I promise you, had I had the opportunity, I would have recorded the blackmail material and used it against her. I just didn't get in the house fast enough to turn it on. That's the problem. I, w- I was weak. I- I'll admit it. I was weak. A faster recorder would have got more dirt. Sadly, I'm dirt free. So keep listening. And uh, everybody invite somebody, if this will help them, to listen to Martha's podcast. Or any of the podcasts will help. And if you want to add, or subtract, be a part of the podcast, now's your time. We're glad to have you. I welcome wholeheartedly information from you. Any way you can share it with us. But until then, learn something new every single day. I bet you did today. I am every day. It's it's amazing what a difference a week makes. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. And for goodness sakes, be safe.